Yo, what's going on, everyone? I'm Tommy, and that is Gary. Straight down and to the left. A lot has gone down since last week's podcast, but before we get into everything, we want to welcome our guest to the pod. The LeBron James fan, known on Twitch.tv as a long spicy boy, the spicy boy himself, Ashton. Woo! Ashman, welcome to the podcast. It's been a long time coming. We've tried to add you on for a while, but we're both super excited to finally get you on here with us. Hey, man, it feels really good to be here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, LeBron lover over here, but first and foremost, Sacramento Kings fan. Because if it came down to it and the Lakers and Kings played in the Western Conference final, I would roof the Kings 100% because the Kings. Luckily, yeah, luckily, I don't think it's going to come down to that. Uh, <laughs> by, the, by the time LeBron's out of here, I don't think the Kings are going to be any uh, in any Western Conference finals. But I do hear you. Yep. So uh, like Tom alluded to, there's been a lot that's gone on since our last podcast. So why don't we jump on in? Why don't we start with the NBA draft? Yeah, so let's just hop right in. Uh, we're going to kind of go over and discuss our winners of the draft, uh, along with maybe some shocking uh, selections. So for starters, I got to say the winner of the draft for me has got to be the Charlotte Hornets. Um, with Anthony Edwards obviously going first, followed by James Wiseman, it, it meant LaMelo Ball fell to them at three. And, and like I talked about last podcast, and probably for the last three years, I think he was by far the best player in this draft class. Yeah, Ash, I don't know what you've heard from Tom about uh, LaMelo, but I've heard it day in, day out. Every time <laughs> basketball season comes around, man, always hyping up the ball family, and especially LaMelo. Uh, what's your thoughts on LaMelo and him going number three? I honestly think the two teams up top missed out because, I mean, LaMelo was a number one prospect, and in mock drafts he was number one for you know weeks on end, uh, aside James Wiseman. But I think the Hornets definitely got a steal, uh, especially someone to pair signed uh, Malik Monk, someone who's really fast, really athletic. And LaMelo's a great passer, but, you know, he's still going to learn some better decision-making as he goes on in his career. And, you know, he's just got a great feel for the game, and he can ball hand handle, and it's only going to get better from here for him. Yeah, for me, LaMelo Balls is just an obvious, clear franchise player. When you're drafting him, you're getting the box office. And you're also going to get winning. I think that's kind of the biggest thing that comes with LaMelo and, and the Ball Brothers in general is they really care about winning. You've seen it with Lonzo. He doesn't really care about, you know, how many shots he gets up or or what people perceive him as. As long as he's getting the win, that's all that matters to him. And I think LaMelo is really going to follow suit. And I even think he can do more than Lonzo to make sure these wins get done. Wow. I'm honestly a little surprised by that. Uh, from just a little bit I've seen of LaMelo, I thought he was a little bit more of a volume kind of guy and trying to get his numbers. I was kind of a little worried about, it, like, his efficiency – Obviously, when he was in Australia, it was kind of like giving the ball, let him work, do his thing, put up a lot of shots. But it's interesting to take about him wanting to, you know, do what it takes to win than do what he can do to perform the best. Yeah, the Hornets were also able to grab Vernon Carey Jr. out of Duke. I mean, a Dukey. Most Duke guys, especially their starters. Dukey. Yeah, a Dukey. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what they're called, man. Uh, you know, wish I was a fellow Dukey, but you know, dude, you're a Dukey in my eyes. I appreciate yep. it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they were able to get Vernon Carey Jr. early in the second round. He looked really good uh, his freshman season in Duke. Obviously, the season got cut short, so we didn't really get to see what March Madness was going to look for him. But I think that was another solid pickup. And, and that's for me why Charlotte Hornets definitely are the number one winners of the draft. So, Tom, who you got as your number two winner, though? Okay, so, I mean – Usually the Kings don't – the Sacramento Kings, that's my number two. Usually they don't draft great. Obviously, we've had our, our downfall of drafts over the past decade. But Nick rocks. Nick rocks. Tragic, Nick, does, yeah. Nick does not rock. I can tell you that. 
But, uh, you know, the Kings got to slide in here at number two solely based off of the one pick they were able to get at 12. Tyrese Halliburton, you know, he's a top five prospect in this draft, and he was able to fall all the way down to us at 12. So that's why I got the Kings as number two. Ash, what's your thoughts on the take? Is my second biggest Kings fan I know. I love it. You know, he averaged, you know, 15 points per game over in Iowa State as a sophomore. Looking really good. He has a great feel for the game, just like LaMelo here. But off-ball defense is one of his strengths, and I feel like he's always kind of in control of his game. And he's not the most fast guy on the court, not the most explosive guy. But there's, you know, a lot of things that he does to throw defenders off balance. He can create room for his own shot, and then I think he could take that shot as well, considering those 15 points. And, you know, something that I I feel was a little – a little nice is almost six rebounds per game as a guard with uh 61% from the field. So, you know, yeah. I mean, he has that seven foot uh, reach. So at six, five to have a seven foot reach, his ability to defend is going to be huge for the Sacramento Kings who've obviously struggled for with defense for, you know, I can't even tell you 20 years. So oh, yeah. I definitely think, I definitely think pairing him with Fox and, and him also coming off the bench is going to open up a lot of things for the Kings. I, I really like the, the Shea comparison. Obviously, it's a little too soon to tell, and Shea's also evolving as we speak. So, but mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that the the duo between the two of them is going to be really exciting to see. Absolutely, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the combo that they're going to have going forward. Why don't we go to our number three? We have the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. For me, with the selection of Anthony Edwards at number one, I think it's going to be a great fit for the Timberwolves. And they also got a nice young guy from um, old Argentina, Alonso. Uh, Bomaro. Yeah, Leonardo Bomaro, uh, 20 year old out of Argentina, really young, still developing. The downside to for them kind of trading to get this pick is that he's actually not planning on coming to the NBA this season. You see that a lot with European guys. Uh, they're not ready or they're not out of their contract, so they can't come straight to the NBA. But I think one more year uh, overseas will definitely benefit him. And, and this Minnesota team is really young, really talented. So I think they can wait a year. And by the time he gets there, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a, a pretty big contributor. Yeah, and I know another guy that was huge on your list was Jaden McDaniels. They were able to get him with the number 28 pick. What was uh, what was the comparison you were talking to me about? What he looked like to you? Yeah, Ash, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen Jaden McDaniels play, but this is kind of the main reason I have uh, Minnesota as the third winners of the draft is because this guy really gives me some Brandon Ingram, young Kevin Durant vibes, uh, really lengthy, skinny, can get to the bucket, can shoot a mid-range, has a three-point shot. I was really hopeful that the Kings were going to be able to get him somehow, but uh, obviously didn't work out, but I'm definitely really excited to see him. I, I think the thing is here is, you know, Minnesota's lacked a lot of those, you know, they've only really had Carl Anthony Towns as their kind of big man in the center, but with the reach that Jane McDaniels offers and the, he could definitely stretch the floor for cat. He can make an outside shot. And I think, you know, he kind of reminds me of like an Andrew Wiggins type player where he's long, lengthy, he can get to the cup if he needs to. And, you know, has has great shot selection overall. Yeah, I mean, for them to get him at 28, I definitely think that's a steal. And I think people are going to kind of look back uh, on this selection as kind of maybe the, the cornerstone for Minnesota moving forward as far as their success in the Western Conference. I would have to agree with that. And another thing that's going to be huge is how D'Angelo Russell and him will mesh together. Um, I hope they don't make him just as uh, like a star uh, – Spot up shooter, excuse me, geez. But 
he's got great ball handling, so hopefully that won't take away from D'Lo either. Or if they need to go with a different lineup and then have Jaden McDaniels as the primary ball handler, I feel like they could do that too. Yeah, Minnesota's definitely looking up. That, that's for sure. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see them put all those pieces together. But I think when they get everything gelling, I think this is going to be a nice team with the additions that they got from the draft. So uh, let's go ahead and move to our number four winner of the NBA draft, the Washington Wizards. Uh, they were able to draft Denny out of India, uh, out of Europe, Israel specifically, all the way at the ninth pick. I know in our mock draft, we had him going four to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, clearly, maybe these NBA executives know something we don't, or maybe they're just stupid because this dude can flat out ball. Yeah, anyone who listened to our pod uh, last time know that our, our draft predictions were, were pretty busted. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it was for the best, maybe it was for the worst. We'll have to see, but it was definitely really surprising to see Denny fall all the way to nine. Obviously, the Wizards have a lot of uncertainty with, with John Wall. Uh, he uh, might be staying, might not, but Denny, I think, adds a nice addition. Good ball handler, so we can run the offense through as well. Ash, have you seen uh, any of Denny? I know I hadn't before. Tommy brought him up to me before. Uh, I've not, but you know, a lot of these players uh, from Europe usually have a really good feel for the game. And a lot of times they make really good decisions with the ball as well. And you could tell that they play really good help defense, especially off ball. Uh, so, you know, with this, with this pick, you know, the stats don't jump out to you, but there's definitely more into that. You kind of get like the Nicholas Batum or the Danilo Gallinari kind of player, uh, great wingspan, almost seven feet. And, you know, his height, 6'9", so he's a small, lanky – or small. He's not definitely not small, but a <laughs> solid ball handler at 6'9", and he could change speeds. And I think I think the Wizards are looking up because last time they had a good small forward that was similar to this was Otto Porter Jr. And, I mean, we saw how that worked for them with Bradley Beal and John Wall at the helm. So definitely yeah, a good pick last- here. That was the last time that they were like a solid playoff team. You know, Denny can really handle the ball like you alluded to, and he, he's also a great passer. Uh, people might say Luca-esque. I'm not sure I'm, I want to go that far, but he's definitely great. And then obviously with the uncertainties of John Wall, I don't know if you've heard the reports, but uh, the front office actually approached John Wall and said that they're looking now to build around Bradley Beal specifically. John Wall's not very pleased and actually has asked for a trade out of Washington. Obviously, they don't have to give it to him. You know, they can kind of see how it goes. But John Wall's not happy. And I guess when he was throwing up gang signs in Brooklyn, uh, the front office wasn't very happy either. <laughs> I mean, geez. he's known for that. I mean, we've seen when he goes off in a game, it's gang sign Jay Wall, and then you're going to lose the game by 50 points. So if you're on the other team. <laughs> Absolutely. But this Wizards team is definitely someone to be watching, especially with the potential move of, of John Wall. I really want to see where he goes. Big John Wall fan here at the pod. Absolutely. So, I'm definitely curious, and I'm kind of excited to see where, where he can head to. But uh, if we want to go to our fifth winner of the draft, uh, this one's kind of a shocker. Most people graded the uh, this team a little low, in my opinion. But I got the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they didn't do a ton, but with the sixth pick, they did pick uh, Anyeka Okongu uh, out of USC. Obviously, we talked about him last pod, played at Chino Hill with the Ball Brothers. Someone that's super versatile, obviously, is going to grab Bam out of bio comparisons. I think that position and, and this style of play is kind of the future of the NBA as far as a big man goes. So I really like the Hawks picking a, a yeah. at six. Yeah, he definitely is a game that, like you alluded to, most big men are going to have to move towards. So it's nice to see he's already has some of those building blocks uh, for them to you know expand upon. So I'm definitely excited for the Hawks getting him and seeing what he can do. Obviously, we've talked tons about their good young core and it's a nice building block for the Hawks to move forward and, and, you know, maybe make a playoff run this year. I'd like to see it from them. I'm sure all Hawks nation would as well. 
I was just going to say, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm assuming that you've, you watched some Chino Hills Ball Brothers back in the day. Oh, yeah. And and there was definitely some times on the court when Onyeka was clearly the best player, and that's with, I mean, obviously the three ball players, two in the NBA, one in the G League, uh, I think is going to be soon on the Charlotte Hornets, but that's besides the point. So I mean, Onyeka's a clear great talent. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, playing that sort of West Coast-style basketball – and even going to USC, I love the hustle the kid got. You know, he's going to be that guy who's first to defense every time. You know, he's going to chase the block. It's almost going to be like LeBron chase down blocks, and I could see it from this guy. And I saw that a lot in Chino Hills, and he makes really, really good decisions on the inside, you know, with scoring and stuff like that. One thing I would uh, kind of worry about is the blocking because he averaged almost three blocks a game, so – he might be chasing blocks a little bit and get kind of into foul trouble, but that's just something to clean up. He's kind of got that bam out of bio-esque play style, you know, and I'm excited to see it, especially with the defense. Yeah, he's definitely a rare talent. I, I understand why Hawks fans were a little confused drafting big with already John Collins and Clint Capella, but I think this guy's really going to elevate the Hawks next season. And I think you got to pick for talent as well at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, and if you guys have any teams that you feel beat out, the teams that we mentioned, uh, feel free to let us know at our Instagram. We, we'd love to hear your guys' opinion and who you think you know maybe did better than what we thought or maybe someone we put really high that you guys didn't like so much. But why don't we move away from the draft and move into some more NBA news. Let's go to some free agency signings. Obviously, there was a lot of signings and tradings this week. So uh, anything big that jumped out you guys off the rip? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to have a quick shout-out to the three guys who were extended on their rookie contracts with max max extensions. Uh, we got Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and then, of course, our guy, uh, De'Aaron Fox. So congrats to those three. Get Woo! the bag. And I'm excited to kind of see these guys continue to develop in the league. Class of 27 – or, yes, 2017, great draft class. I think that was the last really big one I remember – I remember going to work with Tom and we jumped up and down all around the mall because we just drafted, you know, our future point guard. And I remember that day, like it was yesterday. It was great. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I remember selecting Darren Fox. It was definitely exciting. And and we definitely, in my opinion, got the best pick of the draft. Uh, obviously you got Donovan Mitchell who went a little later that people are really high on, but as far as what Darren Fox can do and what he's going to be able to add to his game, he he's just such an amazing talent. Yeah, I agree totally. With this contract, what, Darian's in a Kings jersey for seven years? I believe six or seven, yeah. Six more, seven more. I mean, obviously, I hope to keep him in it, keep him in it forever, but yep. you know, only only time will tell at that point. It is Sacramento, so you never know what's going to happen there. And it looks like the team's going to be traded to some dinner, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I'm pretty sure Tyrese uh, tweeted at Fox. He said, dinner's on you, my man, or something like that. So yeah. I don't think he's going to complain with the bag that he got. But speaking of bags, a surprising one for me was Gordon Hayward getting that four-year 120 to go to the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, that, that's a lot of money for uh, Gordon Hayward. I mean, obviously, I like Gordon Hayward uh, since his injury. And honestly, since his time away from Utah, he's definitely struggled to be that player. I think maybe going back to a small market team with Charlotte, obviously on the rise with the young guys, he can kind of regain his confidence and, and get buckets. Uh, but yeah, this contract was huge, man. Thirty million a year for for Gordon Hayward. That's a lot of money. I'm thinking Utah Gordon Hayward could get that money. Maybe not so much Celtics Hayward. I mean, just considering the injuries, it's pretty tragic. But uh, I I love the guy. You know, I loved watching him play. He was great in Utah, and we saw flashes of that in Celt or in Boston. So I I hope he can kind of get back to that. 
And what's with Charlotte overpaying these small forwards? You know, Nick Batum. Uh, what was his Michael Carter? Wheel? No, what was it? Well, they, the guy with I the weird they, jump shot. Uh, Bismack Biembo. I'm trying to think. <sighs> I, I know there's another one. They've they've overpaid a lot of guys, and, and you know it's kind of similar to Sacramento. So I kind of feel with them. You kind of have to overpay these guys to to get them to come to these smaller markets. Obviously, Charlotte. I don't know if you'd necessarily have to clarify it as a small market, but it's definitely smaller compared to some of these other teams. And of course they don't win. So that's another part. It was Michael Kidd Gilchrist. There you go. Okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but I, I, I like this fit uh, to put a, to put a, uh, next to a LaMelo ball. And obviously, like I said, they have a lot of young talent. So I like the Charlotte team in the East. I think they could definitely make a playoff run this first year. I agree for sure. And uh, you know, there was a couple of big guys who still have not signed. Anthony Davis now unrestricted free agent. Brandon Ingram restricted free agent. Do you yeah. guys have a destination you see these either of these two going? Yeah, I mean, for me, AD's uh, 98% sure he's going to just stay with the Lakers. Obviously, there's like that weird looming thing that you never know, but his relationship with LeBron continues to grow. I'm sure Ashton can kind of touch on that a little bit, but I, I definitely think he's staying with the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, every time you see basically LeBron – it's with AD, you know, off you know, like during the season, off the court, on the court, they just seem like they have great chemistry. It's, you know, kind of getting to feel like that D Wade LeBron where they're like friends first and then they go out and ball out. And honestly, that leads to better chemistry on and off the court. You know, I've, I've played basketball with Tommy for years and Garrett and being friends off the court first. And then you go out and play just adds that little fun factor to it. And you start playing really well and it's, it's a happy time. So. I think that's what they're getting out of that. Yeah, I, I couldn't see really Anthony Davis leaving L.A. Uh, I am curious to kind of see what deal he does sign. Obviously, we've discussed LeBron's future on the pod multiple times. I think he's – who knows how many more years he's got. He continues to surprise everybody. So, I mean, I don't even want to put a number on it. But I can definitely see this kind of weighing into AD's uh, decision as far as how long of a term contract he wants to sign. But uh, moving over to Brandon Ingram, restricted free agent, obviously with the Pelicans, I think – whether they give him close to the max or if he signs an offer sheet for the max, I believe he's going to stay with the Pelicans. I think they'll match any offer that's uh, given to him. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely a key piece to this team and definitely someone they want to keep out there. He went most improved this year. His stock is definitely going up, and I definitely think it would be criminal for New Orleans not to keep him on the roster. Absolutely. I think, you know, Pelicans just have such a great young core. They basically got, you know, three Lakers that were all rookies or you know, that have been together since their rookie year. And I love to see that. I love the kind of basketball that they're trying to play with Alonzo uh, at the helm. And that guy can get Brandon Ingram involved. And we've seen what Brandon Ingram can do. So once Lonzo really opens up, and I still think he's got, he shows flashes of this great potential. And he's a really fun player to watch. But Josh Hart, solid backup. So we'll see what they got going, especially with, um, who is their new coach now? Oh man, didn't they just get a new coach? Yeah, because they just got rid of Alvin Gentry. Uh, because the Kings have Alvin Gentry now. I, I honestly, I'm blanking on and Van Gundy, name. my guy. And Van Gundy. Oh, that's okay. right. That's I, right. I can see that working out for them. I don't want to sound too much like Lavar Ball, but parts of me really wants to see Lonzo get traded to Charlotte. Man, bring up Jello, <laughs> and then you got the three Ball brothers. Man, you're selling out seats. You're selling out arenas. For oh three yeah. Ball brothers. Uh, obviously, like like I just said, I don't want to be lavar ball but i definitely would love to see that but uh moving on to the third top free agent uh he actually just signed a four-year 85 million dollar deal with the raptors fred van fleet getting the bag 
Dude, Ben Rico. Obviously, <laughs> he performed really well uh, two seasons ago in the playoffs. And then this year, obviously, with Kawhi being gone, it's kind of uncertainty how the Raptors perform. And I thought he played great. Definitely deserved the bag he got. And I'd love to see him in a Raptors uniform. You know, is do you guys think Fred Van Vliet's really worth four years, 85 mil? Because, you know, he was that backup for so many years. But, you know, he's just like Drake's twin. He looks really good on the court. <laughs> he makes some big shots. He does like the he's got like the bulldog mentality. But him yeah. and Kyle Lowry together play pretty well. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you as far as questioning if he's really worth that. I mean, a lot of guys got paid this this offseason and, and they're still going to get paid. But that was a lot of money. I know there's a lot of uh, worry that he wasn't going to be able to return to the Raptors because of the bag that he was asking for. I'm, I'm glad that the Raptors gave it to him because I think it is a more of a systematic player. I think he thrives in this Raptors system. I'm not saying he's not a great player because I think he he does get buckets. Oh yeah. But I think I think this Raptors system is perfect for him. So I'm, I'm glad he stuck around for that four year, eighty five million dollar deal. Yeah, I agree. Why don't you move on to somewhat of a heartbreaking one with uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich signed the offer sheet with the Hawks for four years, seventy-two million. But the Kings do have an option to match. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on on yeah. Bogdan? What's he going to do? Yeah, so we have two days to match. That was signed uh, Sunday afternoon. So I think we have up until about tomorrow or Monday, the day you guys are listening to this, uh, to sign. I think it's a no-brainer. I, I don't think that contract's like appalling. Obviously, the age he's 28 years old now, so the age doesn't really match with our uh, rebuilding process. But mm-hmm. if we just let him walk, he <laughs> and not get anything for him, I think that would probably be the biggest mistake that the Kings can make this offseason. Uh, I think you, I think you match this 100. percent And if, if worst case, we have Bogdan for one more year, and then if they look to trade him next season, be I mean, like you know. It is what it is. Obviously, I love Bogdan. I'd love to see him stick with the Kings, but I think it's a no-brainer for the Kings to sign this uh, offer sheet. I would have to agree. You know, big shot Bogue beat the Lakers, so I remember that like it was yesterday. Love that shot. I feel like he, as far as his basketball mind, he's an incredibly smart player, makes great decisions. I, You know, I love him with De'Aaron Fox at the two, and he's handling the ball and making plays, and De'Aaron Fox kind of plays off ball. I think they do that really well, and that's a really – really like proactive way to play and the playmaking that Bogdan brings to the team, you know, he's, he gets everyone going, you know, love, love his ball, ball handling, playmaking. I love it all. And big shots can shoot the three really well. Yeah. I know you and I both kind of talked about him being a great value. Luca, obviously with Luca's play, just skyrocketing the last couple seasons, it's kind of hard to make that, that call now. But I think if you give Bogdan the usage, that, uh, the usage that Luca sees, I definitely think the numbers would be somewhat comparable. Uh, obviously I don't, I don't think Bogdan's ever going to get that opportunity at 28 already. Uh, but you know, another thing to touch on as far as guard play with the Aaron Fox is buddy healed. Um, I was in a cowbell kingdom uh, IG live the other day, Leo B. Oh no. And you, you know, he's buddy, buddy with buddy healed, buddy, buddy, yep. with buddy. But, uh, and he was kind of talking and he was answering a couple of my questions. He does not see buddy healed playing with the Kings. If Luke Walton's a head coach, I guess there's some, some pretty hot turmoil between the two of them. He, buddy feels disrespected. Uh, and he said, once you disrespect a Bohemian, there's no going back. So I'm definitely going to be curious to kind of see what the Kings decide to do. Obviously, I don't think they're going to move on from Luke Walton because the fact doesn't want to pay a new head coach, but it's it would suck to see Buddy Hill go because he's a rare, rare talent. Especially when he yeah, shoots. Uh, go ahead, Garrett. My bad. No, no, it's all you. you you're my second biggest Kings fan. You're gonna you're gonna have a better <laughs> insight than me. 
<laughs> okay, well, you know, I I loved Buddy Heald. I watched him in college, and he he was probably one of the most exciting players I've seen in college. It was basically like almost every time he was going to shoot the ball, he was going to go in or get pretty darn close. And I just love the hard work he brings to the game. He's a gym rat. He, you know, spends hours upon hours in the gym and he shoots the ball. I had a, at a high clip and I think he fits really well in our system, especially with D Fox next to him. Yeah. I, I would love to see maybe Luke Walton kind of sit down with him and, and let him know like, Hey, my mistake, I wasn't utilizing you correctly. I lied to you about, you know, your value to this team. And I really want to step up and then kind of make this work. I'd love to see that. I obviously want to buddy heal to stay a King cause I'm a big buddy. Fan, oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. So let's go ahead and hop over to, to two signings. We had Christian Wood signing a three-year, $41 million deal with the Rockets and Danilo Gallinari signing a three-year, $62 million deal with the Atlanta Hawks. Both guys got their money. Uh, both, Funny money. I mean, it's a lot of money. I think Gallinari <laughs> with the Hawks is the one that kind of sticks out the most to me. This Hawks team, especially if somehow they're able to walk away with Bogdan, they're getting a lot of vet talent to match with these young guys. And if the Hawks can kind of keep putting guys together – they might be pretty scary out in the East going from one of the worst teams to the best teams really quickly. Yeah. It's obviously easy to do when you have such great young talent and, and, you know, all you really need is a couple of building blocks. And, and, and like you said, if they can get Bogdan and Gallinari together with these young guys, I definitely agree. This be a scary team. I mean, obviously there's some ceiling just to how young these guys are, but I definitely agree. Playoff team for sure. Um, obviously kind of a lot of money. I'm not quite sure Gallinari's age, um, I know he's been in the league quite some time, but, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say I like it early. I'm not sure how that last year, how this contract is going to look, but I think year or two down the road, I, I like what we see with this contract for the Hawks. I feel like one thing that the Hawks really struggled with all season is they can't guard anyone. They can, they can't guard, you know, the fifth graders dribbling up the blacktop. So, but they can score like no other. So I don't really know how this helps them. Uh, he could score for sure. So, I mean, Hawks are going to be the highest scoring team in the game, but they're going to be getting scored on for sure still. Uh, well, well h- hitting on that real quick, just to add on to their lack of defense, they did sign Rajon Ronda to a two-year $15 million deal. That oh, kind of yeah. helps out Trey Young in the backcourt as far as defending some of these better guards. Obviously, Rajon's also getting up there in age, but he definitely helps as far as the defender goes. Absolutely, and I love that signing because Rondo can also kind of mentor – Trey Young, as you know, Rondo's probably one of the top three smartest players in the game right now. And yeah, I can agree more. I feel like that's a that's a really really great signing. And then Danilo Gallinari, you know, he's the big guy, and hopefully gives John Collins some run in practice, and we'll see how they play together because they got three bigs that are, you know, kind of competing for some starting spots, right? So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and probably the worst signing this free agency. Well, two of the worst. I'll just touch on Joe Harris's four years, $75 million with the <laughs> Nets. That makes absolutely no sense to me. Obviously, you don't want to lose a shooter like that. But man, when you got KD, you have Kyrie, you're gonna you know that another star is gonna want to come in here. So unless you're make you know offering this contract to have a big contract to to kind of send it away maybe next year. Uh, a pa- in a package for one of these big name guys. I don't understand shelling out that much money to a guy like Joe Harris. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, like you said, with uh, KD and Kyrie, definitely a lot of guys are going to come there, and this eats up a lot of cap space for them when you know some guys will come here for way less money just to try to chase a ring. So I am quite surprised, too. Obviously, Joe Harris, you know, he's a good player, but definitely not worth the bag he got. 
Well, JoJo, you know, 2016 champion, didn't play really a minute in the finals, but, uh, you know, good for him. I didn't even know know that. That's some great LeBron trivia I got, but, yeah, he was the three-point champion too, you know, like a year ago. So definitely a great shooter. Eh, Not worth four years, 75 mil, because they're going to have to give up a lot of their bench if they're going to go after these big-time free agents. (laughs) James Harden. But uh, (laughs) we'll see. I mean, they could have allocated that money somewhere else. He did, you know, he's been performing pretty well and put up some career high numbers with the Nets. So, I mean, hopefully he can live up to that. But, you know, it's still kind of a questionable signing. Yeah. And then another signing that I wanted to talk about, you know, this one, this one hurts deep in our hearts. Um, I'm assuming all three of us. But uh, <sighs> Harry G, Harry Giles signs a one year deal with Portland. You know, I'm so happy for him. I'm a big Damon Lillard fan. I like Portland. I think he fits the system perfectly. He's a dog, just like Dame Dalla. Uh, you know, I'm actually really excited for him. And I think, I honestly think, you know, this is some some Tommy insight here. I think him signing a one-year deal rather than a long-term is because he's going to come back to Sacramento. Let's hope so. H for H, baby. H for yep, H, yep. always. Always. He was so I mean, fun I, to watch. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm interested to see Portland. Obviously, they still have Nurkic. Um, is Hassan Whiteside still there or no? No, I don't believe so. Okay, so it'll be him and Nurkic at, at the center position. Uh, obviously, I haven't seen as much game as you've seen of him. I know you, you watch every single Kings game, but I was definitely excited with what he had, and I'm looking to see what he can do in Portland. And uh, I know he's had some some issues injury-wise, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him perform well in Portland. I'm going to yeah. miss that guy, man, because every Kings game, you would never question if Harry Giles was trying. And it was so noticeable, even in nosebleeds, just how much he had his team's back and he could guard almost anyone. He was, you know, he was a smaller forward for sure against like these big guys like AD or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But he would give them a run for their money and you would definitely feel Harry Giles all up in you on the post. And I loved it. Yeah, and offensively, to me, he was the best Sacramento King uh, as far as bigs go. You could oh, run yeah. the offense through him and, and easily get easy buckets. And, you know, that's kind of a rare thing in the NBA as far as uh, centers being able to distribute the ball. Obviously, you got a couple of the guys out there like Jokic and some of the other guys. But he was definitely a rare talent. But uh, if you we want to hop over. Of passing. Oh, my bad. If we, want, no, you're if, if we want to hop over to the Los Angeles Lakers, they made a case this free agency in these first couple of days out why – they are almost a lock to repeat. They were able to go out and get Mark Gasol, KCP on a re-sign, Wesley Matthews, Montrez Harrell, and Dennis Schroeder. Um, to, to me, they're, they're the winners of free agency thus far. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, I, that's brilliant that they were able to grab all these guys. They really upgraded almost every position that they had on the team, so I'm definitely looking at them to repeat after this. I mean, yeah, as what's your Danny- opinion, as long as Danny Green's not shooting the final shot, we're chill because, you know, I want to see Deion Waiters stay. I think he's a great shot maker. But with the guys that they got here, I mean, they just got basically kind of a starting lineup in a way. And then you add throwing AD in there. And then I think it's it's pretty darn close. Uh, I'm not too high on the KCP. I mean, as we've seen, but he was making some big shots in the final. So I respect that. Dennis Schroeder, by the way, great, great guard makes great decisions, can score at will almost. Uh, Wesley Matthews, you know, I wanted on the Kings for years. Tommy and I have talked about that many times. Great two guard, can spot up, shoot, and can defend at a high high uh, skill. And then 
Montrez Harrell. Um, I think that's the best one. Uh, him and Mark Gasol. Uh, Montrez Harrell is like that guy that you know you hate playing against him, and like you hate him on the court, and then you get like if you get him on your team, it's like heaven sent almost because you don't have to go against that physical shot blocking, dunking on you in your face guy. So I love to see it. Yeah, I love the Montrez pickup. Obviously, six man of the year, co six man of the year. Um, you know, he's a dog, you know, you can get it from him. And I definitely like Dennis as well. I think he's the best backup point guard in the NBA. Probably could start on some teams. Definitely give LeBron, a, you know, a rest and allow Dennis to take over a little bit in some of the rotations. So I definitely like those two are probably my favorite pickups for the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers are absolutely terrifying. Like they weren't already, but this is this is something else. So, you know, that's kind of all we got NBA-wise. But, I mean, if you guys are down, I'm ready to kind of hop into some Week 11 NFL football. Oh, yes. I guess they play. We're going to talk about them. So let's go ahead and start with uh, the Saints starting Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston in a win over the Falcons. Uh, Obviously, that was a little bit shocking for some. I I definitely think Jameis Winston should have gotten the start, but I think uh, Sean Payton has a little, a little, he gets a little giddy for Taysom Hill, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, sometimes I see them pull off Drew Brees for a play and and he like almost doesn't want to put Drew Brees back out there. I think he just really loves Taysom Hill. So I wasn't shocked, but. I, I would definitely take Jameis Winston over Taysom Hill right now. Garrett, you, you're a former yeah, quarterback. I mean, yeah, <laughs> long time ago, QB four out here. But um, I mean, I I know I know Taysom was supposed to be the guy of the future for Breeze, obviously with him getting up in age. But I, I think I would have liked to seen Jameis get you know kind of one more chance to see what he can do. Maybe not obviously for his Saints career extending beyond this year, but maybe another team trying to pick him up. Obviously, he was almost legally blind and still would have performed the way he was. I would love to see him go out there and sling it for a few games while uh, Breeze was out. But like like Tommy said, not surprised with Taysom Hill getting the start. I think people forget that Jameis Winston was league leader in yards thrown, but also interceptions. I mean, he was definitely a starting quarterback and not too bad if you're going to lead the league in yards. That takes something. But, you know, maybe his decision-wise, it's kind of interesting. But with the receivers that they got, I feel like they should have given him a chance. And especially since he kind of knows the playbook a little bit, Taysom Hill, you know, he, I don't even know when's the last time he played quarterback position, but he's kind of like the Swiss army knife and, you know, putting him there, putting him in kick, they, they could put him in kicker if you want one. So it's kind of interesting to see that. Yeah. So beating the Falcons, give the saints a, a one game lead over the Tampa Bay bucks. Uh, obviously with Drew Brees out for multiple weeks, I think they have the talent to hold on to it, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, there was a switcheroo at quarterback if maybe Taysom Hill started struggling uh, to really get the ball down the field late in games. But uh, if you guys are ready, we can move over to the battle, the number one and two draft. Um, obviously, some really bad news coming out of this game with Joe Burrow having a season-ending knee injury. Uh, you hate to see it. He was performing at such a high level and was on his way to maybe even breaking some uh, rookie quarterback uh records yeah it's definitely unfortunate to see uh you know he, he did perform well given all the tools he had on offense and i think cleveland not cleveland excuse me uh cincinnati is definitely bought in on this guy and i think he's going to be a winner um it was interesting to see when we're talking about one versus two picks how joe burrow got absolutely flattened by chase young at, at like the two yard line but uh, it's definitely unfortunate to see Joe Burrow, and I'd love to see what he's going to do in the future. Absolutely. And, you know, before this guy got injured, he was 
putting up huge numbers, definitely looking like the number one pick and definitely living up to that potential. And it just stinks to see him go down. I'm just thankful that nowadays we have the medical technology to go from a career ending injury to just a season ending. And hopefully he takes this rehab and kind of learns some things from the other quarterbacks and, you know, can definitely look at film and see where he's at and where he needs to go as far as, you know, progressing with his career. You know where he needs to go is out of Cincinnati, man. They had this dude throwing the ball 60-plus times a game sometimes with <laughs> one of the worst offensive lines in football. They were just begging for this to happen. Yeah. And obviously you hate to see it. Uh, I think he comes back just as good as he is playing uh, this season. But, man, I, for his mental sake, I, I really hope that he's some some way able to find his way out of Cincinnati or Cincinnati really builds a, a great offensive line because he was getting hit like no other. Yeah, I mean – Ashton, you spoke about going from career ending to see it. Season ending injuries. Talk about a guy, Alex Smith. Thought his career was over. It's nice to see he got his first win this week since November 11th, 2018. So nice to see him back and competing and able to get a dub. He hasn't gotten in a little over two years. Why don't we jump on to another game with the Colts comeback against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, so we know we have a, a live audience member, uh, Adam, previous guest on the podcast, big Colts fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure he was thrilled to, to you know see the Colts come back in this game. <laughs> it it was a great game, man. I mean, I was definitely impressed. Philip Rivers definitely was able to perform and kind of bring him back. And I know I'd kind of previously talked down on Philip Rivers, and, and I know he was battling an injury this game, but this was an impressive win for the Colts. They're they're really looking up right now. How about 66 rushing yards total for Green Bay? And you know, you got a guy like Aaron Rodgers, which is fine, but it's just kind of crazy. They were four of nine on third down and they try to go for that fourth down play and it just didn't work out well. I don't know. You know, I wasn't too much into the game, but Aaron Rodgers, he had a pretty good day, you know, 27 of 38, 311 yards and three touchdowns and just one interception, but pretty crazy how that happened. Yeah. You got to appreciate that stat line, especially when you're playing against the best defense in football, that really just kind of shows you how good Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, but people, people keep saying that, you know, the best defense can't beat a good offense. But, I mean, you saw it today. Obviously, the elite defense still holds its own in the NFL. Yeah, obviously, four uh, turnovers they got with the three fumbles and that one pick that Ash mentioned. But uh, I want to give an interesting fact here. Every single one of the Colts wins this season has come. Uh, they were down by at least 13 in the game. Wow. So they've come back from 13-point or more deficit in each of their wins this season. I think that's pretty crazy. Yeah, Adam's got to love that. That's a fucking that, – that's just like being a Kings fan or a Cowboys fan. You know, oh, yeah. We, we, love to put our, we love to put ourselves in shitty-ass positions. But, uh, you know, it feels, feels good to be Adam right now. I can tell you that. Yep. Absolutely. But let's go ahead and look at, you know, a more unexpected surprise. Uh, what, what's more shocking here, Pittsburgh Steelers being 10-0 and or the Jets being 0-10? You know, for me personally, it's got to be the Jets being 0-10. I was really hopeful to see kind of Sam Darnold kind of come into his own this season, and I definitely wasn't expecting to be a playoff team, but 0-10, man, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, and you know what? I got to give a shout-out to my boys, the Bolts, L.A. Chargers, should have been San Diego. But, everybody, you know, people being high on my guy, Justin Herbert, and he's looking like, you know, the next big deal, 37 of 49. You know, he's throwing it 49 times. Not not terrible. 
366 yards with three touchdowns. You love to see it, even though it was against the own 10 stinking Jets. But, hey, I'll take a win. And my guy, Keenan Allen, 16 receptions, a career high. And he's got the most games in the NFL with 13 or more catches in a game. He went off, and I love it. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, – great game by the Chargers, putting the Jets at 0-10. I'm definitely more surprised Jets couldn't get a single win up to this point. <laughs> uh, obviously, Pittsburgh in a division with Baltimore and, and Cleveland, also quite surprising that they've managed to be undefeated, but definitely got to expect the Jets to hang one when oh, yeah. uh, 10, season, 10, 10 uh, games into the season. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, shout out to Keenan Allen. He's definitely giving me a chance to make my fantasy football playoffs – uh, it was looking pretty down, and then all of a sudden, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen just continued to connect all game long, and it really helped me out. Love but, to see it. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and hop into another game. The Seahawks redeeming themselves with a win on Arizona. That was Thursday night's game. Uh, I thought I had Arizona win in this game. Um, you know, didn't happen. Uh, it was definitely another exciting game. I, I, you know, for me, I, I still think Arizona is the best team. I think the Seahawks just came out with a little bit of vengeance, and, and Kyler Murray was a little off. Yeah, I don't know if anyone saw, but early on in the game, Kyler took a shot and was dealing with some shoulder problems all game. I think the big takeaway here is Seattle's defense actually came to play for once. Obviously, they've been getting absolutely gashed uh, week in and week out, and they showed, hey, if their defense shows up a little bit, they can beat a team like Arizona that they couldn't beat last time. I still think Seattle's my my favorite in this division, but I I definitely love Arizona and and what Murray can do. You know, shout out to my guy, No Drop Hop. Didn't have the greatest game, and I think because of that Kyler Murray hit early on, he kind of suffered from that as well, and Larry Fitzgerald as well, one of the best route runners we've ever seen. Um, You know, coming off that crazy game, I love to see it. And I I favor the Seahawks, and or not the Seahawks, the cards in that division. But like Tom said, I did think they came out with the vengeance, and Tyler Lockett had himself a pretty nice day, as well as Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson just tends to keep showing up in these big games and it's looking really good. Hey, you gotta, you gotta bring up DK Metcalf when you're talking about Seattle wide receivers. That is don't, true, don't disrespect the but he's not on my fantasy team. So, you know, I'm kind of salty about that, but DK he's huge. He's like, I mean, I love it when LeBron tweeted is like mini LeBron. And now that he said that I could totally see it. He's huge. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, built different. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's all we have for you guys as far as NFL goes. Ashton, I just really wanted to thank you for joining us today. Obviously, we kind of mentioned we've been trying to get you on for a minute. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad you are able to make it tonight. Um, any last words for the people? Absolutely. I just want to let you know, don't sleep on the Kings. And, I, you know, please listen to the podcast. It's a great pod. I'm saying that as a listener, not as a guest. Uh, these guys work really hard, and it means a lot to me that you guys listen for them because – these are two of the great guys, greatest guys I know. So make sure you stay tuned. And yeah, I love I love the pod. Loved being on it. Made it easy to be a guest, and I really appreciate that. Hey man, we appreciate you having us on or ha- having <laughs> my podcast <laughs> now. Apparently, I'm just so flattered with all these compliments I'm not used to getting. But uh, definitely appreciate the kind words. It means a lot coming from you, and we appreciate you joining us. And if you guys have any questions or any more, you know, guest appearances you guys would like to see, just hit us up on Instagram at First Team All Podcast, of course. Uh, but yeah, thanks, guys. One love. Peace.